Your Catholic drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Monday, May 22nd, 2023, the Feast of St. Crispin of Viterbo. St. Crispin was born in 1668 and was consecrated to Our Lady at a young age and had a deep devotion to her throughout his life. He entered the Capuchin Order at a lay, as a lay brother, serving in various cities in Italy, Despite his humble role, his piety and miracles attracted many people, including Pope Clement XI, who visited the small altar to the Holy Virgin that St. Crispin built in his kitchen. He had a contagious piety that touched the hearts of those around him. St. Crispin's devotion to Our Lady brought him extraordinary graces, and he was known for his ability to heal. The Vatican physician acknowledged the power of his remedies and recognized the wisdom of the Holy Virgin. St. Crispin's faith and simplicity inspired others, and he had become a trusted confidant of the governor and the bishop in Orvieto, where he spent many years. St. Crispin's life mirrored that of St. Felix of Cantalice, another Capuchin lay brother. And together, they, they exemplify the virtues of humility, peace, and serenity of soul. Their harmonious contrast provides a valuable example for Catholics engaged in the fight against the church's enemies. By embracing this balance, we prepare ourselves for the reign of Mary, a society in which all harmonious contrasts will shine. St. Crispin of Viterbo was beatified on May 21st, 1806, and his life continues to inspire us to seek holiness through simplicity and devotion to Our Lady. St. Crispin, pray for us. Happy Monday to you. Praise be to God. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope your weekend went very well. My weekend was excellent. I'll tell you all about it during the after show if you want to join us. But just a, a quick little recap. It was a pretty eventful weekend on especially yesterday. Yesterday, Sunday was incredibly busy, which normally I like to keep my Sundays very, very empty. I just want to relax and sleep in a little bit, take a nap. But unfortunately, was not able to do so this last Sunday because it was very busy. So after Mass... I went over, and my friend Maddie and Joseph Gutheins, they had their son baptized. Very strong name. His name is Joseph Magnus Gutheins. Very strong name. So I went to go see their baptism, or his baptism, rather. And then afterwards, I stayed uh, for a couple minutes after, hung out, and then immediately drove across town because a friend of mine was having his uh, housewarming party. So I stayed there for about another 45 minutes, enjoyed their people's company, shook hands, and uh, just uh, just try to welcome them into town. A, a Californians, immigrants to um, to Texas. You know, we we always welcome our our Californian friends into Texas. Uh, the more, the merrier. As long as uh, you are a someone who who loves God and has Texas values, we would love to have you in Texas. So we would, went to a housewarming party after that, and then after that, I went home. Because my grandfather, it was his birthday. He was turning 60 years old uh, uh, yesterday. 
Okay, that's not true. He was turning 73. He's turning 73, and it was a great time. So we had a birthday party for my grandfather. So happy birthday to my grandfather. Please pray a prayer for him, if you would. I'd be very grateful for you. Uh, This morning, Tito is not in the studio this morning. He has some things going on that he may or may not want to share with others, so I will not share his business uh, if he would like to tomorrow when he'll be back in tomorrow. If he would like to bring it up tomorrow, he's more than welcome to. Uh, but I just uh, I forgot to ask him if I was, if he was okay with me bringing up what he was up to. So I won't unless he brings it up tomorrow. So all this is coming up. So you're going to hear me doing the news. Tito is gracious enough to send me the news breaks that we will be doing. So I'll be doing that for him there. And everything else will run just about as normal. So... It's going to be a great day. At 15 past the hour, the, a fifth grade teacher shows explicit film to kids, plus Target targets trans products to your kids. Very, very concerning. We're not even in Pride Month yet. I thought we're not even June, and they're already ge- gearing up. So that's going to, we're going to talk about that. 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, Father Paul Robinson, a co-author of a new tract on the dangers of marijuana, will be on with us to talk about marijuana. Uh, there's a very controversial topic. And in the next hour, we're going to discuss knowing who you are. Plus, as always, we have our fear and trembling game show, as is our custom. All this and much, much more coming up in this hour or in the next two hours, I guess. Plus, we have our after show where we're going to get uh, let our hair down and we're going to interact with you directly. It's going to be a good time. Now, one other thing before I forget, before we jump into it, my friend Jesus Robles uh, made this comment on Friday, and I was just thinking, this is such a good comment. I'm going to bring this up over and over again. He said, when someone uses the oh my God statement, he said, I say, praise be his holy name. And he said, I dare you to say it. And I'm like, that's a great challenge, Jesus, a great challenge. So the challenge coming out to you from Sergeant Jesus Robles is anytime you hear someone use our Lord's name in vain, say praise be his holy name, even if it's just a casual usage of the of his name in vain. So just wanted to throw that out there. Let's begin with prayer as is our custom. We're praying for whatever it is that you have going on in your life. We pray for our friends, family, and benefactors, for all those that we promise to pray for. And I pray especially today for my grandfather, his birthday yesterday, praying for him and for his health and everything else that you have going on in your life. We're going to pray the Subtuum Presidium, third century prayer dedicated to the Blessed Virgin. And we'll pray this prayer together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Subtuum presidium confugimus sancta dei genitrix, nostra deprecationes ne despicias in necitatibus, sede periculis cunctis libra no sempre virgo gloriosa et benedicta. We fly to thy protection, O holy mother of God. Despise not our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed virgin. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news. Catholic News Agency is reporting nuns from an Arlington, Texas Carmelite monastery are suing the Diocese of Fort Worth and the bishop for $1 million for alleged violations of privacy and harming the physical and emotional well-being of the sisters. The lawsuit stems from an interactions related to the diocesan investigation of the Reverend Mother Superior Teresa Agnes Gerlish. The diocese has said it was investigating grave misconduct 
based on a report that she committed sins against the six commandments and violated her vow of chastity with a priest. Although the diocese alleges that Gerlich admitted the violation of the six commandments, her attorney Matthew Bobo said in a statement provided to CNA that she was under heavy medication from a procedure and does not recall what she admitted. Catholic News Agency is reporting a Vatican magistrate has sentenced an, uh, the unidentified man who forcibly entered Vatican City on Thursday night to mandatory psychiatric treatment, according to the Holy See press office. The man was taken into Vatican custody on the night of May 18th after driving a car at high speed through a gate at the Vatican, bypassing the checkpoints of both the Swiss Guard and the gender arms. After being questioned in the presence of his lawyer on Friday afternoon, the man was taken to the psychiatric ward of Sante Spiritu in Sassia Hospital for mandatory medical treatment. The Holy See press office said in a brief statement on May 19th, Another report from CNA is reporting Cardinal Matteo Zuppi has been asked by Pope Francis to head a peace mission between Russia and Ukraine on behalf of the Vatican. The Holy See Press Office director said on Saturday, Pope Francis said at the end of April that the Vatican was involved in a secret peace mission to end the conflict in Ukraine. Both Ukrainian and Russian officials were quickly went quick to deny the negotiations were in fact taking place. But a close papal aide confirmed the Pope's statement in an interview with an Italian news outlet published earlier this month. And finally, CatholicCulture.org is reporting Archbishop George Gonswine, who was the private secretary to the late Pope Benedict XVI, met with Pope Francis in private audience on May 19th. Although the Vatican did not disclose the topics discussed at the meeting, it is likely the Pope spoke with the German Archbishop about a new assignment. The two had met in January after the death of Pope Benedict in April. An Argentinian journalist who had interviewed the pontiffs reported, Francis reminded Geinswein that all private secretaries of the popes had returned to their diocese when the Pope died. On paper, Archbishop Gonswine still has a Vatican assignment as prefect of the pontifical household. But in 2020, after a brief uproar about a book in which Pope Emeritus and Cardinal Robert Seurat defended clerical celibacy, Pope Francis instructed Gonswine to devote all his energy to the care of Pope Benedict, effectively dismissing him from the pontifical household. So he is at the comparatively young age of 66, effectively a prelate without a portfolio. And those are your headline news this morning. God bless you. And the gospel of the day comes from John chapter 16, verses 29 through 33. Hereupon his disciples said to him, Why now thou art speaking openly enough? This is no parable thou art uttering. Now we can be sure that thou knowest all things, not needing to wait till thou art asked. This gives us faith that thou wast sent by God. You have faith now, Jesus answered. Behold, the time is coming, nay, has already come when you are to be scattered, each of you taking his own path, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have said this to you so that in me you may find peace. In the world you will only find tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The commentary from the Gospel today comes from Cornelius Alapide. I know, a big shocker. You were not expecting that. He says here, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have begun to overcome it by my holy life and heavenly doctrines. But I will now fully and completely overcome it by my passion and death. Be confident then, as I have overcome it, so will ye overcome it, if ye persevere in faith and love. If therefore ye abide in me, ye also by my example, and by the grace of the Holy Spirit, which I will give you, will overcome the world, i.e. all the hatred, the persecutions of the Jews understand of by the world, the prince of the world, and all the adversaries of Christ." Be assured then, under every worldly trial, that I have overcome the world, not for myself, but for your sakes I have overcome, that ye might overcome, that I might give you a rule and pattern, that I might obtain from God the grace of victory for you. Contend therefore resultly, because I will contend in you and overcome in you, by making you conquerors. For as St. Augustine says, he would not have overcome the world if the world were to conquer his members. Now, lastly here, he says here, and his uh, Montanus and his fellow martyrs, the disciples of St. Cyprian, trusting in these words, were strengthened by them and exalted in their dark and gloomy prison. For they said, where the temptation is great, there is he, the greater one, who overcomes it in us. And there is no contest in which by the protection of the Lord there is not victory. St. Cyprian himself says, if anyone keeping the commandments of the Lord and boldly cleaving to Christ has stood against the adversary, he must needs be conquer. For Christ is unconquerable. He can seek for nothing from the world who is above the world. The Christian soldier instructed by his precepts and warnings trembles not at the battle, but is ready for the crown. The Lord wished he, we should rejoice in persecutions, because when they come, then the crowns of faith are given. The soldiers of God are proved. The heavens are open to martyrs. He is not alone, whose companion in fight and flight is Christ, who keeping the temple of God, wherever he may be, is not without God. And should a robber assault him, when flying in solitude or in the mountains, or a wild beast attack or hunger or thirst or cold... None will overwhelm him, for he is a soldier of Christ. Let's meditate upon that today. Let us cling to Christ and let him guide us to victory. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, Donnie, name four of the seven sacraments. Baptism, confession. That's right, reconciliation. Communion. Confirmation. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone talk about how important it is to be progressive? Have you ever asked them what they mean by that? G.K. Chesterton says, progress is a useless word. 
for progress takes for granted an already defined direction and it's exactly about the direction that we disagree we can't have progress until we've stated what our goal is and then we can determine whether or not we're moving closer to it or farther from it the real question is not whether we are progressive but what is our goal my goal is to get to heaven and to help others get there too what's yours want Chesterton for more than a minute visit our website at chesterton.org. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You know, there are a lot of stories in the news that are of concern to me. There's always a lot of concerning things in the news. But we cannot let us be discouraged because of it. Instead, let's take courage and recognize these problems as an opportunity to stand up and fight against the enemies of Christ. And so speaking of fighting against the enemies of Christ, I think this story is a great place to start. Yesterday, the Disney movie, so there is a story reporting out of Timcast, a teacher is under investigation for showing LGBTQ themed movies to fifth graders, says parents' rights are gone when your child is in public school. So yesterday, the Disney movie Strange World was shown in your child's classroom, the school district said. While not the main plot of the movie, parts of the story involves a male character having and expressing feelings for another male character. In the future, this movie will not be shown. The school administration, the district professional standards department, is currently reviewing the matter to see if further corrective action is required. Now, there is a number of stories that are similar to this. I will not be able to share with you because and here's the here's the perk of the leftists here. The leftists will show things that are so disgustingly explicit that we can't even talk about it on on radio, on YouTube, on cable TV. We're not even allowed to talk about it because we get censored. You get it knocked down and rightly so, because it's so explicitly disgusting that it should be censored. It should be blocked. But yet that prevents us from talking about it because of how bad it is. And so this is a very mild story, but the reason why I bring this one up is because of what this teacher says. This teacher responds after this, and her response is actually really telling. Now, I think uh, Matt Walsh did a great job of explaining this in a recent uh, episode he did. I think it was uh, last Thursday, so I'm going to play a little clip of that for you. And Jenna, you said you feel that this is a targeted attack. What do you mean when you say that? Um, this that same school board member is currently going around right now trying to, well, along with, you know, the whole what DeSantis is doing, trying to get rid of all basically diversity elements out of schools completely. Like they're trying to strip individuality and diversity to fit one common agenda. And it's ruining everything. It's not what America stands for. I think let's let our viewers listen to what that parent said um, that complained uh, about you doing this in, in a recent school board meeting. Here it is. It is not a teacher's job to impose their beliefs upon a child. Religious, sexual orientation, gender identity, any of the above. But allowing movies such as this assist teachers in opening a door, and please hear me, 
They assist teachers in opening a door for conversations that have no place in our classrooms. We had played that for the viewers in the introduction, but I just want to give you a chance to respond. Yeah, so that's what she's missing and what these parents are missing is they're not in the school system. That that just shows me that she's ignorant and has not come and volunteered at all. Because our, these conversations, these doors, they're open. These students have one-to-one -one devices. The amount of things that they're able to pull up that we have to shut down, they, they, these conversations, these doors that she's talking about, that's telling, telling me I'm stripping her rights as a parent, those rights are gone when your child's in the public school system because there are students talking about these things. It's where they get 90% of their socialization for the day. And we can't shut down every conversation every child has. So there you go. I think that's uh, incredibly telling. And there are a number of things in that passage that I think are worthy of comment. Uh, the first thing I want to start with here is where this happened. Where did this happen at? This was not in San Francisco. This was not in New York City. This was in Florida. In Florida, the great state of Florida, where the Ron DeSantis is uh, putting in great laws. These things are happening in Florida, in Texas, in Tennessee, and Alabama, all the states that people think they're safe in, that's not the case. We have to be vigilant. We have to be vigilant, and we cannot rest on our laurels because we think, oh, I'm in a conservative state. Therefore, this is not happening. And someone might argue and say, no, look, see, we caught them. You think there's only one person in the entire state that is doing this? I guarantee you this is one of many people who is doing this. And so we have to be vigilant. We cannot rest on our laurels and pretend that this is not happening in our backyard. But it's good that we're ousting these people. And it's good that people who start to undo these things, that they do become under investigation. And the more explicit that it becomes, we should bring criminal charges if necessary. A very, very important lesson that we need to keep in mind. Now. The last thing she said there is incredible because she says the quiet part out loud and she says it. And I'm so glad she did because I try to tell people this all the time and they don't listen, but perhaps they'll hear it from this lady. She tells them, look, you forfeit your parents' rights whenever you send your kids to school. But then she goes even further. You forfeit your parents' rights. When you give your kids a cell phone, she said they have one-to-one -one devices. She's talking about a smartphone. Why does that count? Because a smartphone is a portal into just about anything and everything. And even if, even if you lock down that smartphone, they have no access to the internet, they don't have social media, get rid of all of that. They're still interacting with other people who do. And they can send them pictures. They can text them whatever they want. So you may try to limit it. But the only way to do so is to excise it. He said they're getting most of the vast, vast majority of their socialization from their cell phones. And now people like to make fun of homeschool kids and say, oh, well, they're not going to be socialized. If my kids don't go to public school, they won't be socialized. They'll be weird. They'll be awkward. They won't fit in. And it's like, yes, exactly, exactly. They will not be socialized the way the other kids are. They won't be indoctrinated into these ideas. Yes, you're right. They won't be like the other kids. You're right. That's the point. 
I don't want them to be socialized in that way. I want them to have a normal socialization. I mean, so at this point in my life, I, I mean, I'm, I am pretty much committed that I will not ever in the future send my kids to a, a school. I will be, they will be homeschooled and maybe a co-op. Cell phones, absolutely not. No smartphones, no cell phones of any kind. Television, incredibly limited, and perhaps a single TV with a DVD player attached to it. That's, it's going to be, have to be what people do from now on. It's going to have to be a radical ripping from the culture. It just has to happen because they tell you the quiet part out loud. The inmates are running the asylum, and this is happening. Even if you have the best schools, even if you have the best governors, the best presidents, these things will keep happening until the culture changes. And the only way to change the culture is to change the way we act and do things. But how do we do that? Lex orendi, lex credendi, lex vivendi. The law of prayer is a law of belief, is a law of how we live our lives. So we have to believe rightly, meaning we have to convert, we have to evangelize, we have to proselytize, we have to spread the Catholic faith to the four corners of America. All the world, of course, but we're speaking specifically about America. Second, we have to pray rightly. We have to bring back reverent liturgies. We have to bring back traditional devotions. We have to bring back public square rosary rallies. We have to bring back processions, Eucharistic, Marian, otherwise. And then thirdly, we build culture. How about celebrating a Pentecost party? How about celebrating an Ascension party? How about enculturating the faith into everything we do? That's how we change it. We don't change it by losing. We don't change it by giving it up. We don't change it by saying, you do you. I don't want to inflict my beliefs on your beliefs. Let's just get along. I'll do my faith. You do your faith. That's not how we change culture. The only way we change culture is by changing it, by doing it, by making culture. The good news is we don't have to fabricate this. This already exists. All we have to do is read and learn about our past and bring those traditions back. Bring back those things that have been around forever. When we have those traditions, we have a rooting in who we are as people, as who we are as Catholics, who we are as Americans. We take that and we can raise it up and it creates within us an identity. And with that identity comes culture. And that's the only way that we can change is by changing the way we believe, the way we pray, and the way we live our lives, and then we can change the laws. Now, of course, I'd be more than down to change the laws ahead of time and work the other way, but I just think that this would be the most efficient way in the way that you and I can start doing today. Now, in the last couple seconds we have here, we won't be able to get too deep into the story, but it's worth at least bringing up for now. Target releases disturbing pro-LGBT clothing line for children and infants, reported by LifeSite News. Adults seeking to groom children into the LGBT lifestyle just got a helping hand from Target, the Minnesota-based retailer that 10 years ago became one of the first corporations to embrace the woke agenda. The superstore recently introduced a line of rainbow-themed clothing for teenagers and babies ahead of the so-called Pride Month, which the company has celebrated every June since 2013. Target first caved after Lady Gaga pushed them into it, 
But let's skip ahead to the, the most important part here. Here, the new clothing line gives customers a chance to purchase items such as rainbow tutus, a t-shirt that says it takes all kinds, a hooded sweatshirt, sweatshirt that says not a, not a phase. And let's see here. I'm trying to find the part in this passage where he talks about the chest binders because we just don't have enough time to cover all of this. But let me just summarize the story for you. They were selling, they're selling chest binders and these other, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in the most PG way possible, these garments to, for young men who want to look like girls and they're selling them to children. They're marketing it to children. I say that we stop shopping at Target because yes, every single company is woke. Yes, every single retail store is woke. But Target is the leading hand in this. They were the first ones to come out and support the LGBT ideology. They were the first to have gender-neutral bathrooms. They were the first to do a lot of these things that are happening. And they have a lot of these things that they're pushing on our children today that the other stores are not doing yet. I'm sure they will soon. But we have to take a lesson from Bud Light. The, the winning of Bud Light did not happen because they decided to boycott all beer. If they chose one that was especially egregious and made an example of them. That's the only way that we can do this. It's the only way to victory. And so I say we boycott Target and let them know we are boycotting them. Contact them, tweet them, email them, phone call them. Tell them I will not be shopping there anymore. Instead, I'll be taking my business somewhere else. Walmart, H-E-B, Kroger, any number of other stores that we can. And maybe that's a sacrifice. Maybe that means we have to drive a little bit further. Maybe that means we have to go somewhere we don't want to really want to be. But are we willing to make sacrifices to change the culture? We'll be right back talking about marijuana with Father Robinson in just one moment. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever thought, well, why can't a prayer at a Catholic Mass cause the Holy Spirit to come upon the bread and wine and thus turn it into the actual body and blood of Jesus? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, remember, three of the most magnificent miracles were a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon someone or something such as the Holy Spirit came upon the face of the deep and God created the world. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she brought forth Jesus in her womb. Secondly, a boatload of scriptural support, such as 1 Corinthians 10, 16, which says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? And thirdly, my honest reflection, your transformation after a prayer for conversion was not and is not noticeable in the human eye. So then why do you reject a prayer which transforms bread and wine into Jesus' body and blood? I know the reason, just a whole bunch of people have told you that. It's to truly save souls. It's to save souls, and we have a lot of different media platforms, whether it's through our TV, radio, music, and it's all promoting this culture that is really here to kill, still, and destroy souls. And to have that Catholic voice on the air that is proclaiming the good news and able to touch and transform lives, um, what better thing to support? The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and here are your breaking news. 
LifeSide is reporting the Biden press secretary says America's children belong to all of us at LGBT media event. Kareem Jean-Pierre's comments echo sentiments expressed by President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. White House Press Secretary Kareem Jean-Pierre declared this week that the children of America belong to all of us while defending the surgical and chemical gender transitioning of children, articulating a view of state prerogatives versus parental rights that fuels much of the Biden administration's stance on the issue. The National Catholic Register is reporting you are never too old to become Catholic, according to Betty Baker of Clarkson, Kentucky, who entered the church this past Easter at the age of 87. Praise be to God. Betty has spent a lifelong time following Jesus as a Protestant, beginning in a small country church in Poplar Grove, Kentucky, where she was baptized at the age of 13. I always felt God's presence in my life, she said. After her husband died in 2000, Betty began to spending more time visiting Lisa and would join her for Sunday Mass at St. Elizabeth of Hungary in Clarkson. I believe everything I heard, Betty said. When my daughter and granddaughter, Bethany, asked if I would like to become Catholic, I prayed and asked God what he wanted me to do, and I knew it was the right thing for me. Catholic News Agency is reporting a Vatican-produced postage stamp to commemorate the upcoming World Youth Day 2023 in Portugal has been withdrawn after criticism over its use of mid-20th century monument that is controversial in some Portuguese circles. The stamp created by the Vatican Philatelic Service issued on May 16th shows Pope Francis leading a group of children up the monument to discoveries. The Lisbon Monument was built in 1960 for the 500th anniversary of the death of the Portuguese explorer Henry the Navigator. The government of the Vatican city-state withdrew it after the design drew negative comments because it recalls a colonial past very distant from Pope Francis' message of university fraternity, according to Vatican News. And finally, LifeSiders reporting that the House report slams Biden FBI for support suspending whistleblowers purging conservative agents. The report finds evidence of egregious abuse, misallocation of law enforcement resources, and misconduct with the leadership ranks of the FBI. I'm Adrian Fonseca, and these are your headline news through a Catholic lens. God bless you. There you go. And those are your headline news. And joining us in just one moment is Father Robinson. Uh, we are having a little bit of a technical difficulty getting him on. I am, I think the, let's see here, if I can get this taken care of while we are here. And before, when we cover with Father Robinson, uh, the we're going to cover the topic of marijuana. It's a very important topic, I think, because it's become more and more popular as time has come on. And the issue is that people kind of see this as I've seen it on both sides. I've seen two sides of the topic when it comes to the um, the issue of marijuana. The issue with marijuana, the was. Was that people would say, OK, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's just a small drug and nobody gets hurt. And so. This is uh, what they try to do. They try to try to frame the narrative. And I think the best way to, to combat it is to actually look at the science, right? And see what the science actually says. 
And Father Paul Robinson has done a great job of breaking this down into a digestible uh, segment. So I think it's a very excellent, excellent pamphlet. Uh, You can check it out at Angelus Press. Uh, Father Paul Robinson joins us. He is the author, or co-author rather, of this pamphlet on marijuana usage. I think it's a very, very important topic today, considering the widespread usage, uh, especially among Catholics. It's kind of shocking to me how many uh, good Catholics kind of perceive it to be something that's no big deal. They they think marijuana is just a another thing, uh, kind of like tobacco, kind of like beer, and they see no big deal with it. Uh, but thank you for joining us, Father Robertson. My pleasure, Adrian. Glad to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Father, I think the uh, this is a very important topic. It's become very popular in our modern day to try to promote marijuana usage. And I think the problem is that people don't understand the what exactly marijuana is. Uh, so let's start there. What exactly are we talking about when we say marijuana? Well, marijuana is a plant uh, that you find in nature, uh, like so many other plants. And um, obviously the God has has put on this earth many things for our use, and uh, yet at the same time, they, they all have their properties, and some of some of the things that we find are very helpful, very useful for us, and and some are dangerous for us. And so, um, we we see we study the properties of of the uh, plants and, and animals that, that God has put on this earth, and uh, we use the the ones that are beneficial to to our benefit, and we avoid the, the dangerous ones. Um, and based on our extensive studies of, of the marijuana plant, we have, we have a lot more information about it. Um, it contains over 100 chemicals. And we now know that, that one of those chemicals, uh, which is abbreviated as THC, is is psychoactive. Um, in other words, it's, uh, it, ca- it has an, a psychotic effect. It, it causes um, your mental perception to be, to be changed. It, it's uh, basically, you get stoned <laughs> if you ingest THC. So um, I, I think we've known this for a long time, but but we uh, have a better understanding now of the long-term effects of ingesting THC. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's, as you say, very important for, for people who are out there and have their perception that that since marijuana is now legal in many places that it's okay to to smoke it that uh being legal means it's safe uh that that they be informed and, and understand that 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 is not the case at all um and it's uh it's very dangerous to smoke marijuana um we have so many studies now and so that's why i wanted to uh, co-author this booklet just to make people aware of those dangers and also uh, there's a moral component as well, of course. I mean, we, we are not permitted, um, as Catholics, we know that we're not just given our body um, by God to, to use however we want. Um, uh, we we have the duty, because we are creatures of, of the Heavenly Father, um, to use what he has given us in the right way. Uh, so uh, we know as Catholics that we can only... Um, treat our body in a way such that it will uh, foster its well-being. We, we don't have carte blanche to just do whatever I want. It's not my body, my choice, um, but we have a duty to take care of our health. And so um, we, we have to seriously consider if the things that we're taking are good for our health or not. And it's, and it's wrong. It's morally wrong for us to take things that we know will be, will be dangerous for us. 
Absolutely, Father. And, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned something that I think is a is a great little point to to pick up there is uh, the legalization. And it's kind of a it's the the culture is downstream of politics, but politics is also downstream of culture. It goes both ways. And so people change the laws and all of a sudden everybody thinks, okay, therefore it must be okay. They don't realize that there is a huge push a huge lobbying movement to try to get these things to become okay. Could you speak just briefly about why just because something is legal does not make it okay? Well, I think this uh, this question is very interesting, Adrian. Um, I'm glad you bring it up because we, we live in a culture today to where um, it's becoming more and more permissive. And basically the attitude is that that if if you want anything, if you claim that anything relieves your suffering or that you need it, um, then we have to condone it. Whereas we did not used to have that attitude. We we had the attitude that there is an objective order and that uh, we have to help people uh, not damage themselves. So so I mean, one of the most extreme examples is, of course, in the past we would say that suicide is is obviously wrong. I mean, you you can't you can't kill yourself. It's not right to kill yourself. And if if someone says if someone comes up to you and says, well, you know, I I just to cope with what I'm I'm going through, I, I need to commit suicide. Um, we would say, well, no, you, we're not going to let you do that. Um, but now we're we're passing laws to to say you can um, commit euthanasia, you can you can commit suicide and have the endorsement of the law uh, to do so. Um, and this is this is just obviously wrong because we we should if, if someone's in a state to where they want to take their lives we should try to take means such that they will not do that even though they're claiming that that this is what they need in order to cope another example of course is is with uh, gender dysphoria i mean in the past we we saw gender dysphoria as, as a problem as a, as a as a mental problem and we would uh, try to help people resolve that and if someone was saying well I need in in order to to uh, make me happy and to deliver me from this suffering where I can't identify with my body. I need to mutilate my body. I I need to cut parts off of my body or whatever. You know, we we would say sorry. I mean, you 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 can't do that. We're not going to allow you to do that because we know that this is objectively harmful for you, um, regardless of your subjective perception. This is this is not good for you. Um, so. You know, we we've reached the stage today to where uh, the subjective impressions of of someone are are given so much credence as as being good, um, as trumping the 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 objective order that somehow the individual has the power mm -hmm. to make reality. Uh, like their subjective impression makes reality. Absolutely. That we have to condone that. Um, and so I, I think it's similar with marijuana to where yes. if, if people are saying, you know, marijuana legalization came in through medical marijuana as people are saying, OK, Father, I have I to stop you to uh, right there. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we'll pick up right on this topic. Plus, I learned something about the psychiatric effects that I was shocked about. We'll talk about that in just one moment. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Why is your Protestant Bible four ounces lighter than my Catholic Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a faulty scale? Nope. Well, maybe it's just the weight of the paper or the cover or the binding or some introductory comments. We wish it were just that simple. No, it's the seven books that got dismissed by Team Martin Luther. 
Secondly, audacity. Audacity allowed Luther and others to extract time-tested truths of Scripture and key letters from the canon. What? Yes, about 1,200 years after the Bible canon was fully established, they rejected seven Old Testament books. Not only that, Luther placed the New Testament books of James and Jude, Hebrews and Revelation in a category called, quote, the disputed books. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. If I were to write a deeply personal letter to my wife regarding our future descendants, don't be taking seven of my choice paragraphs out of that letter. Why? You might be robbing those future descendants of a little bit of who Papa was. Now, don't you do that. Hey, Donnie, what do we say when we make the sign of the cross? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Did Mama teach you that? As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. A wonderful day to be here. It's always good to be here. Joining us right now is Father Paul Robinson. He is the co-author, rather, I was about to say author, the co-author of a new tract on the dangers of marijuana published by Angelus Press. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Father. My pleasure to be here, Adrian. Absolutely. Uh, before we went to a break, I cut you off there. I want to let you finish your thought. You were finishing a thought on the topic of the legalization of marijuana. We could pick up right there. Yeah, so, I mean, today um, we're just legalizing a lot of things that are just bad for people. Um, and so just because it's legal doesn't mean it's good, doesn't mean it's safe. And it's kind of ironic because um the the more we learn about marijuana and the especially effects of THC, the more we realize how damaging it is. Um, yet the 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 laws are going the opposite direction. We're, we're we're learning more about how it's bad for you, and we're telling more people effectively that it's good for you by its legalization. Whereas in the UK, for instance, um, they've gone the opposite direction. They've, they've had a campaign to, to let people know that, that uh, yeah, you could go crazy <laughs> by, by smoking marijuana on a regular basis. Let's start there, Father, um, because I, I've never heard this before. Everybody tells me when I bring up the topic of marijuana, no, marijuana is fine. It's no big deal. In fact, it is safer than alcohol. It's safer than tobacco. And I have never heard anyone before you say that uh, they was uh, that they, in the UK they are talking about they're restricting it and they're coming out with studies finding out that it causes psychiatric damage. And I don't think I think most people have never heard this. So tell me more about that. Yeah, that, I mean that just surprises me because I, I don't. I mean, I in in my era when I when I grew up. Okay, I'm in my 40s, but uh, <laughs> so you know, it, it was uh, you, you know the famous commercial where you would have the the egg and this is this is your brain and this is your brain on drugs. You know, or any any questions um, that that basically drugs fry your brain and, and marijuana was considered to be one of those drugs. So I don't think marijuana has ever had a great reputation, um, and. I, 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 it's, it's, as I say today, all the more evident that it has psychotic effects. Um, medical experts have 
uh, a term called cannabis-induced psychosis, um, and this is uh, referring to the specific effect that cannabis has on people, uh, THC, uh, that the fact that it can cause hallucinations, anxiety, panic attacks, um, and episodes of acute psychosis. So especially causing uh, extreme anxiety, giving the people the impression um, that they're under attack, making them very paranoid in, in the short term, and sometimes leading them to be violent as a result. They feel like they're under a, a attack, and so they they have to protect themselves from the people around them. And it, sometimes it, it leads to uh, extreme acts of violence, including murder. Yeah, that was that's a crazy story that you were telling. I, I was shocked by it. You were, had mentioned a story about a, a young lady who who took a overdose on marijuana, which people are, don't even think that it's even possible to overdose on marijuana and immediately goes into a kind of has a psychotic break. And I'm like, wow, like that's that's incredible. Now, people will say, OK, well, marijuana. OK, I probably bad, but therefore we have to reject tobacco and alcohol and perhaps you may say father you may say oh well maybe we should be not having so much tobacco anyway we probably wouldn't we should be drinking so much anyway uh, but we wouldn't say you should never have alcohol you should never smoke tobacco it's a mortal sin to do either of those things uh, what would you say about uh, that kind of objection well, I mean, first of all, alcohol and tobacco don't make you crazy, uh, whereas marijuana does. I, I think that's the, the main distinction. But there, there's another distinction to be made, and, and that is that there's, um, for centuries, we, we've all known that, that tobacco and alcohol have a moderate use. Um, in other words, you can use them in moderation, and it's it's not going to damage you. Um, so th that's that's different with marijuana, and something I try to point out in the booklet um, and, and it says perhaps one of the most important points to make, and that is that the THC content of marijuana today is so much higher than it used to be. So if you were smoking marijuana, say, 50 years ago, um, you would get less than 2% uh, THC content in, in, the, in a typical joint. But today it's up to 15 to 20%. Um, and I mean, the reason is that the the main reason why people smoke marijuana is because they 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 want to get a high, um, and it, 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 even though it came in, it was legalized in a, through a, a medical path. Um, I don't think many many people at all take marijuana uh, for medical purposes, even for a painkiller. I mean, you just you you do not take um, a painkiller that's going to stone you. Uh, you you want to take something that's going to deaden the pain and make you functional, um, but marijuana you know gives you a high, and so you're not going to be able to. You you may be not feeling the pain, but you can't do your normal job. So so marijuana is just not that good as a painkiller. But the bottom line is that the typical marijuana product today is designed to make you high by containing a high THC content. Um, that's true of the joints. And it's all the more true of the edibles, what are called the edibles uh, or the dabs, you know, uh, where they, they put marijuana into various foods or drinks um, that uh, have a, a really, really high THC content um, in order to produce that amical, uh, physical effect of, of making, you, making you high, making you stoned, you know. You know, it's interesting you know, that, they, that the word they use is stoned. 
because that is a it's very telling of what exactly is happening right because we as human beings what makes us different from the animals is uh, aristotle will even tell us we are a rational animal so it's the use of reason it's what makes us in the imago dei and so what does marijuana do it makes you stoned it makes you like a stone it depletes your use of reason and so that's uh, the same reason why uh, excessive drinking is wrong because it depletes your use of reason. Uh, and I think that's a very big difference between that and smoking uh, tobacco, which uh, usually does the opposite effect. However, many people will point out the long-term effects of marijuana usage and say, okay, well, there's long-term effects of marijuana usage, but there's also the potential long-term effects of tobacco usage, which is a uh, potential lung cancer. So, Father, shouldn't we condemn both of those things? And so what would you say between those two? Yeah, well, as I say, um, there there is a moderate use of tobacco. Like, if, if say uh, someone was was smoking a couple of cigarettes a day for for the long term, yes, it's going to increase their chance of lung cancer. Um, and you know, you can look at the statistics. Perhaps they would say, on average, reduces your lifespan by four years. Um, but but that, that that's not a, a good effect. I don't think we would say that it's it's uh, sufficiently grave. To to say you 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 know it would be um, gravely sinful for a person to smoke at, at that level. Um, maybe it's different for a chain smoker. You know, if you're smoking two packs a day, okay, you, yeah, I, I would say there's something seriously wrong there. Um, but with with marijuana, as I say, uh, the the effect is it ruins your life. I mean, it, it makes uh, the the studies show that that if you smoke marijuana on a regular basis between if if you're a teenager or in your twenties. After six years, the chance of you getting some sort of um, psychotic mental disease is around fifty percent. Wow. So, I mean, that, that's that's uh, that's pretty severe. I mean, if you, if you if you knowingly are smoking this and you're saying to yourself, "I could develop schizophrenia or bipolar uh, for the rest of my life from doing this," I, I, I think that's that's gravely, gravely imprudent um, and, and therefore sinful. Absolutely, Father. And here to that point. You point out the rates of suicide, which we're having an absolute suicide epidemic in America, worldwide, in all first world countries, but especially in America, where we see this uh, more and more. Could you briefly talk about uh, the suicide relationship between that and marijuana? Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously, if if marijuana is, is messing with your mind um, and it's putting you into a, a state of constant anxiety, you don't realize uh, a lot of people at times marijuana users are, are not uh, in denial about marijuana being the cause of their psychotic state and they feel trapped they, they feel like uh, I, I i can't cope with life anymore and they they sometimes take their lives um it's also true that that uh, i just want to quote quote to you a study that that um recently uh, studies have found that one third of subjects that committed homicide had used marijuana 24 hours before the homicide, and three quarters of those subjects were experiencing at least one mental or physical effect from marijuana intoxication when the homicide occurred. So it, it's the, the the alteration of the state of the mind uh, leads people to commit acts of violence, whether it be against someone else or against themselves, and and so this is really really bad. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing that often comes up in conversations is the fact that it's a gateway drug. And there has been a huge media push to say that's such a joke. It's not a gateway drug. People, that's not, it's just false. 
what say you, Father? Is, that, do we, is there any truth to that statement or is, there, is it completely false? What say you? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I want to recommend a book called Tell Your Children by Alex Berenson uh, that, that gets into this, um, and I found a very helpful resource. Um, but he, he points out that a lot of times people will start using marijuana in order to, as a painkiller or something else, and they find it's just not effective. So they have to move on to some some other drug, um, especially opioids. Um, and I'm, I'm here in Colorado, and you know, Colorado is one of the first states to legalize marijuana, um, and Colorado is now num- the number one state for the use of cocaine. Um, so, I mean, that's, there, there's certain evidence there, uh, circumstantial evidence, that that marijuana is is definitely a gateway drug. As I say, if you go to Tell Your Children by Berenson, he provides uh, hard data that, that shows that there's uh, a correlation between the legalization of marijuana in a state and the use of harder drugs. I mean, there's always an increase. In other words, you, you, you increase the use of marijuana, you're going to increase the, the use of these other harder drugs. Absolutely, Father. I think that's a it's, – it's very clear to me. I mean, it just logically makes sense to me. Uh, now, the last question I want to bring up is the question we already talked at the beginning about legalization. But then what about the question of criminalization? People will say things like, well, okay, maybe it shouldn't be legalized. But we should at least decriminalize it. We should not punish people. They shouldn't have to go to jail for having a little bit of weed. Uh, what say you, Father? Yeah, I mean, that's it's a very complicated topic, and it's um, uh, it, it all depends on on the common good. I mean, I, I admit that there's might be some situations in which the common good would warrant um, not criminalizing it. Um, it's it's above my pay grade, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I just think uh, uh, the lawmakers would have to very carefully consider um, the the demographical data that they would have and the studies. Um, you, you know, it's 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 in the history of Catholic prudence to, to sometimes do exactly that, um, decriminalize something while while making people aware. I, I think there should be this campaign to make people informed to say, okay. Just so you know what, what, what you're getting with this product and what effects Absolutely. it will have on you uh, on the short term and on the long term. Um, but but to just to, to legalize it and, and give the impression that it's okay, I think that's just really wrong. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Father. We are out of time. It was a blessing having you on. And uh, God bless you, Father. Have a blessed rest of your day. Stay with us when we come back. Uh, knowing who you are, the Habsburg way. All this and more when we come back. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Which of these is the most difficult for you to objectively believe? Jonah lived in a whale? Moses heard God's voice in a bush? Peter's authoritative declarations would be backed by heaven? Or that Daniel survived the flames of fire? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the results. Most difficult was Jonah, then Daniel, then Moses. The easiest was Peter receiving authority to grant forgiveness. Secondly, the early church was tough. You see, that authority granted to Peter could put one out of the 
church due to sin, and that same authority was installed to bring one back into the church through personal confession. We understand that reconciliation with the church is inseparable from reconciliation with God. And thirdly, our Bibles are filled with promises, but this promise was to Peter, the apostles, and the generational successors of Peter known as the Catholic bishops. So here's an idea. Take a drive down your street, look up at a Catholic church, and just know this for a fact. That priest inside that church was ordained straight down through the lineage of St. Peter. On this episode of the National Catholic Geographic, we learn that once the human discovers Catholic radio on the GRN, it can't stop listening. It's drawn to the truth and knowledge of the Gospels and knows that without sending its monthly pledge to the GRN by logging on to grnonline.com and clicking on Donate, being equipped with this knowledge so it can give a reason for the hope that lies within, wouldn't be possible. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, my name is Catherine and Valerie and Sarah, and we attend St. Maximilian Colby Catholic Community. And you're listening to KSHJ Houston, 1430 AM. Radio for your soul. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. A great conversation we just wrapped up, Father Paul Robinson. His book on marijuana, a excellent, excellent topic. It's published by Angelus Press. I would highly recommend picking it up. You know, I'm always looking for people who are talking about the, the issue of marijuana and from a good perspective, very logical perspective. And it's so rare to find anybody out there to talk about it. And so it was really a big blessing to uh, to have Father Robinson on to answer our questions. Yeah, so check that out. Angelus Press. Go to Angelus Press. The, the title, I think it's just the, I think it's just titled Marijuana. I think that's just the name of the book. But um, check it out. But I want to talk to you about something that is kind of linked to, it's almost a through line for today. We started off the show talking about the transgenderism invading our kids, which is ultimately a crisis of identity. We also were talking to Father Robinson about the marijuana usage and how it kind of isolates people. It disassociates them from themselves. It causes mental illness. All these things are happening. And I think that's a, a true, a very true thing, because a lot of times this is a, a attempt to numb ourselves from the reality of the world. And it's because we don't know who we are. Now, we did an interview a few weeks back with Father, or not Father, with the Archduke Edward Habsburg. And we were talking about his book, The Habsburg Way. And there is one thing that in particular that we just didn't really get to cover very much. I want to read an excerpt of the book for you is the topic of knowing who you are and living accordingly. And here he talks about it, and I just want to read maybe the first two paragraphs, and then I want to discuss this with you. Because I think this is very important, especially in our time, that so many people in our lives have no idea who we are, where we come from. And because of that, we're so confused. We're, we're cast aside. We go with, the, with every wind, every breeze that hits us. We get thrown to and fro. And so here he talks about this. The Archduke writes, 
my uncle Otto von Habsburg, the son of the last emperor, and famously depicted in a photograph standing beside the old emperor as a blonde-locked young boy, was a brilliant orator. I heard him speak several times at political events, holding large audiences captive as he reflected on European values and some Habsburg values too. One of his signature lines was, "Those who don't know where they come from, do not know where they are heading, because they don't know where they stand." And I'm going to reread this to you in a second. On one level. This is simply an invitation to study history, as Winston Churchill said. Those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. But on a deeper level, this maxim applies to individuals and families about themselves. Indeed, the entire Habsburg family has always been keenly aware of its deep roots, what shaped it, and where it came from. Although mostly the Habsburg were deeply traditional people, that didn't keep them from innovating when necessary. We all swept, whether we like it or not, into the future. Every moment of our lives, when you know yourself, you can carry yourself into the future without losing yourself along the way. An excellent little introduction to this chapter that I think is、uh, definitely worthy of a read. Here he says, "I'm going to reread that line there, one of his signature lines of Otto von Habsburg." He says, "Those who don't know." Where they come from, do not know where they are heading, because they don't know where they stand. That's a very beautiful thing to say. Why? It reminds me of the order of the I think it's the、um, Carthusians, and they have the the image of the globe with a cross into it, and their motto, and the motto of the church. Is the world turns, but the cross stands still. Now there is a saying in theology: the the scandal of the incarnation. It's a stumbling block to the Jews, as Saint Paul would say, and it's a scandal to the Gentiles. It's nonsense to the Gentiles. Now, how is this the case? Because our Lord decided to come into the world in a particular time, and in a particular place, and in a particular way, He could have chosen to come in any way. He could have came in a in a rocket ship. He could have came down in, as a as a life form that's、uh, not human. He could have just snapped his fingers and changed everything to the way he wanted it to be. He could have came in the twenty first century. He could have came in five hundred BC. He could have came. Whenever he wanted, in any way that he wanted, but Saint Thomas, when bringing this up, he says, "When our Lord became incarnate, was it necessary?" And Saint Thomas, in his usual brilliance, points out the obvious: No, of course he didn't have to do it that way, but it was the most fitting way. It was the most fitting way in which to redeem mankind. It was the most fitting way, in the most loving way, to redeem mankind. Before we do not have a God who cannot relate to us. Instead, we have a God who knows us, who loves us, who has endured with us, who has suffered with us. 
We don't have a God who's so lofty in the sky that he cannot relate to us. And so now we think about ourselves and who we are in relation to others. When people ask you, who are you? How do you respond? How do you respond? The answer tends to be, we describe ourselves in relation to others. I'm a father. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a sister. Maybe you're an employee. Maybe you own a business. Is that part of your identity? Who are you? Now, ultimately, our ultimate identity resides in the cross. For the world turns and the cross stands still. The cross does not change. The cross happened in a particular time, in a particular place. When we go to Holy Mass, we enter into eternity. When we go to Holy Mass, it is a participation in that one sacrifice at Calvary. The one sacrifice. Our Lord was on Calvary one time. In a particular time, in a particular place. To be rooted in that is to know who we are. We identify with the cross. The blood of our Lord is the ink in which writes his story. All of history is his story. Now we think about this and we relate it to our personal family life, our traditions in our personal family. Who are we in relation to our family? Where did we come from? Where are we going? This is a question that we have to answer. Because everything around us is changing constantly. Our grandparents, our great-grandparents, everything moved a little bit slower. Just a little bit slower. And perhaps our grandparents, our great-grandparents lived in the, the roaring 20s, lived in a time when things were changing very rapidly. But now we see it in our time. The rapidly changing morals the rapidly changing technology, and things are only going to keep changing. So how do we respond? Well, the world turns, and the cross stands still. We cling to the traditions. We cling to our morality. We cling to what makes us who we are. And so that way, no matter what context you drop us into, we know who we are. And we can respond to the circumstances accordingly. There is a quote that's attributed to Thomas More. I was trying to find the origin of the quote, so I couldn't find it. So I can't say for sure that it was Thomas More who said this, but I have heard it cited to Thomas More. And the quote is, there is not a society so wicked that a good man cannot live in it. What does that mean? What does it mean to say, that there is no society so wicked that a good man cannot live in it. It means that you control your actions. You are in control of what you do. Only you can send yourself to hell. And only you, by the grace of God, can go to heaven. How do you do this? 
do good, avoid evil. It's very, very simple. It's very, very simple. Do good, avoid evil. It's simple, but it's not easy because we have this natural tendency to want to do evil. Do good, avoid evil. But we, when you ask, who are you? We identify ourselves as a child of God, ultimately, as a member in the mystical body of Christ. We identify ourselves with Christ. Why? Because Christ identified himself with you. Say, I am a brother of Christ. I'm a son of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I'm a member of the mystical body of Christ. I am part of the one true, holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. That's who I am. So what does this mean for us? The world keeps turning and the cross stands still. So no matter how evil the world gets, how much perversion the world promotes, how much wickedness they try to get you to do, you ultimately get to choose. Even the Greek philosophers would say it is better to suffer evil than to do evil. It is a very true principle that the Greek philosophers knew. And it's so much more true for for us Catholics, for us Christians. It is better to suffer evil than to do evil. So therefore, there is no society so wicked that a good man cannot live in it. Because if you are a good man, if you are a person who is trying to be good, who wants to be good, we can be. How do we do so? Well, the great advice of St. Thomas St. Thomas, when his sister, who was uh, running a, I believe it was a Benedictine monastery, a abbey, she wrote to her brother and said, Brother, tell me how we can get to heaven. Write us a treatise of how to get to heaven. And St. Thomas wrote her back immediately, and she was shocked because of how fast he got back to her. But what did it say? He said, if you want to get to heaven, will it? Will it? If you want to get to heaven, will it? If you want to live as a good man in an evil world, how do you do so? You will it. You choose to be good. You choose to avoid evil. And this is not easy. Like I said, the world promotes such perversity. But if we desire to be good, we can be good, even in a broken and wicked world. Why? Because God has given us the grace. He has provided us with the promises that he will be with us. He has not promised us wealth, fortunes. He has not promised us so much good things that we have nothing to fret about. What he has promised us, though, what he has promised us is that he will be with us, that he will suffer with us, and that ultimately we will have our eternal reward. And that should be comfort to us. So when the world attacks us, when the world comes against us and attacks us on every side, We may know who we are and say, the world may turn, but the cross stands still. Those who don't know where they come from do not know where they are heading because they don't know where they stand. Now, where do you stand? Hopefully, you will stand with me at the foot of the cross. And that's going to do it for this segment. When we come back, our fear and trembling game show is coming up. So call now, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. 
877-957-9424. We take the first caller, so call now, 877-757-9424. One last time, 877-757-9424. First caller, Fear and Trembling, coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to study a section of the catechism. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the Catechism of the Catholic Church? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Could there be just one word that truly sets the Catholic Church apart from all other churches? Yes, there is. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. That word is retain. How can one word bring such distinction? Well, understanding that retain means to hold back or to keep. Jesus tells the apostles, if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Secondly, so what does that world say about sin? The therapist says, forgive yourself. New Agers say it's just a state of mind. And the evangelical says, just tell Jesus no matter how grave the sin, he'll forgive you directly. And finally, the word retain. We all know that non-Catholics don't go to a pastor to confess grave sins. Why? Because in Protestant thinking, you get to leapfrog humans and go directly to Jesus. And guys, let's don't hide under the newest term, be accountable. Hey, we all will be accountable up to the point that it hurts, is embarrassing, or is criminal. My priest can say, Steve, your sin's not forgiven. Does your pastor? I think not. Why? Have you ever heard backlash, decreasing church attendance, and loss of revenue? For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, and we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877 877- 757-9424 877- 757-9424. The phone lines are open. The first caller will be our contestant on Fear and Trembling Game Show, your Catholic trivia game show. Now, the rules will be a little bit different today because Tito is out of the office, and so we're going to be playing the game solo. So the game will be very simple. The game will be basically the same. This is how it works. I have three Catholic trivia questions. And the trick is I'm not going to ask you the question. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to present the question. I'm going to give you an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not that answer is correct or whether or not that answer is incorrect. That means that even if you just guess, you have a 50-50 chance of getting the right answer. So every answer in the coffee cup in the divine of divine providence, so every correct answer gets a ticket to be put into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. This week's prize is a book 
from Catholic Answers, another book from Catholic Answers, as Behold Your Mother by Tim Staples. Tim Staples, one of their chief apologists there at Catholic Answers. Behold Your Mother. I actually really love Behold Your Mother. This is a really good book. I read this when I was in high school, and I thought that this was like blew my mind in terms of learning to defend the Marian dogmas. And that's where basically what it does is it defends the Marian dogmas in a very systematic and intellectual manner. And I actually used Behold Your Mother in a podcast I did years ago, like maybe three three years ago, on defense of the Marian dogma. So I actually do very much recommend Behold Your Mother, uh, published by Catholic Answers Press, a very good book. But that number to call to be part of our game show is 877-757-9424, I'm looking over at the phone lines right now, and the phone lines are, in fact, completely open. So that means the next person to call in, the first person to pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424 will be the contestant. And so we'd be very grateful to you if you were our caller. We'd love to have our callers all across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, we Usually we get them from San Antonio, and we love our San Antonio callers. And we rarely get callers from outside of Texas, though. Usually it's San Antonio, Dallas, or Houston. I don't know where the Florida station is or the Alabama station or our stations in Ohio. Uh, All of our stations across Guadalupe Radio Network are always welcome to call in. That number, 877-757-9424. That's the number to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling. Now, I'm looking at these questions right here, and these questions appear to be incredibly easy today. Well, I tell you what, actually. Two out of three of these questions are very easy, actually. One of these questions is a little tricky. It's a little tricky, but two out of three is a great are great questions. But we have a caller on the line. Uh, good morning to you. Who am I speaking with? You're speaking with Pamela Caldwell. Good morning, Pamela. Good morning. Uh, you're on the Catholic Drive Time Show, Fear and Trembling Game Show. Can you do me a favor and turn your radio down? Thank you very much. And Pamela, where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. See, I told you guys, San Antonio always comes in clutch. They're always in, and they uh, are calling in. We we get probably, uh, it'll be a good, good stat to sit down and just like calculate how many San Antonio callers we get. But Pamela, what parish do you go to in San Antonio? St. Anthony's in Nelmendorf. St. Anthony's, praise be to God. So representing St. Anthony's from San Antonio, Texas, uh, Pamela, thank you very much for calling in. Where are you off to this morning? Uh, I'm off to uh, school with uh, Center for Excellence in uh, San Antonio. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. As school's not out yet, there's, is there's, when does school get out for you? Well, I'm going for a... Uh, uh, certification course for nursing. Oh, okay. Wonderful, wonderful. That's great. That's great. Uh, we, we love our nurses, and we are very appreciative of our nurses, especially when they have to work even worse hours than I do. So praise be to God for, for our good nurses out there. Uh, well, Pamela, are you familiar with how the game works? Are you ready to play? 
Uh, yes, I am. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Don't worry. These questions won't be hard at all. I'm sure you're going to do great. So the question numero uno. The question on the board is, what is the general name for religious schools in the United States? What is the general name for religious schools in the United States? Now, I'm going to tell you that the answer is a parochial school, and you're going to tell me whether or not that is true or false. A parochial school is that the name for religious schools in the United States. 15 seconds on the clock. Pamela, what say you is the answer parochial schools? You say true. That is correct, Pamela. It is, in fact, a parochial school. Do you know why it's called a parochial school? It's uh, just a religious education. There you go. There you go. It is called a parochial school, especially because it goes, belongs to a parish. And so it, they, that's typically the, the schools are attached to parishes, and so they're parochial schools, and they are teaching the faith. And so that's uh, that's why it's called that. So very good. Praise, praise be to God. You are uh, one for one. That's a 100% success rate so far, Pamela. Um, clearly, I don't know if you, uh, at, in nursing school, they teach theology, but I, I'm thinking that they probably do at yours because so far you're at a 100%. Are you ready for question number two? Go for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. The question on the board. What were the three ways... A Catholic could be lapsed in the third century. So the question in the third century, there were three different ways in which a Catholic could be a lapsed Catholic. What were those ways? Now I'm gonna tell you, and you're gonna have to discern whether or not I'm telling you the truth. The question, the answer I'm gonna give you is skipping Sunday Mass. So if you didn't show up to Sunday Mass, if you were taking the Lord's name in vain. Or if you were disrespecting your elders, you were rejected from Christian society, and you were considered a lapsed Catholic in the third century. 15 seconds on the clock, Pamela. What say you? Am I telling you the truth, or am I trying to deceive you? What say you, Pamela, from San Antonio, Texas? I would say true. You would say true. Are you sure you're going to go with true? Yes. Last chance to uh, change your mind. Are you want to go with true? I'd say false. She's going to say false. She's going to say false. That's correct. It is, in fact, false. I was trying to trick you. No, in order to be a lapsed Catholic in the third century, you had to be like in one of the following three categories. Either a therificati, a sacrificati, or a liber, uh, lib, libelacati, which is uh, to, tra to try to translate that, to make sense of that. The a thurificati is someone who burns incense to the false gods, like a thurible, thurible, burning incense to false gods. A sacrificati is someone who sacrifices or participates in the worship of false gods. And a, a libelaconti is those who received an official declaration that they had performed a required act of idolatry. So basically is uh, some kind of idolatry is what got you kicked out of being a Catholic in the third century. So way to go, uh, Pamela. You're doing great. You're doing a good job. So far, you have a 100% success rate, two for two. And uh, I think I think everybody learned thing today, because honestly, I didn't know that either before today. Uh, so I learned something new today. Are you ready for question number three, Pamela? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Question numero trace, which is well known is actually Egyptian for, for three. Everybody knows that, I'm sure. The question is, name the five liturgical colors. Now, this is very easy for many people. I mean, they go to Mass, they see these colors being worn. And so, obviously, you've seen them wear pink, you've seen yellow, you've seen brown, you've seen purple, and of course, the fifth liturgical color, which everybody knows, is rainbow. Those are the colors I'm going with. Pamela, 15 seconds on the clock. Am I telling you the truth? Am I trying to trick you? Are the five colors... Oh, she's like, false. I don't even need to hear it again. No need. It's false. You're wrong, Adrian. Which is correct. I was, in fact, wrong. I was, in fact, wrong. It's the uh, pink. There is no pink. It's actually rose. Yellow and brown is definitely not a color, though black is. And purple, well, technically, it's violet, not purple. So, no, the five colors are white, red, green, violet, and black. Now, sometimes you'll see gold in the place of white. Um, that happens That happens sometimes. But uh, typically, those are the five traditional colors. And also, in Spain, they have permission to use uh, blue on Marian feast days, which is super cool. It's super cool, in my opinion. So I need to go to Spain so I can see that. But very good, Pamela. You got three for three. So you're doing excellent today. And uh, you have three opportunities to win the prize this week. So I want you to stay on the line and we'll get your contact information uh, once we get off. But thank you for and God bless you. Thank you for your Yeah, thank you. And have a blessed day. And thank you for your service as a nurse. You're welcome. And God bless you. Stay on the line. I'm going to put you on hold and we'll get to you in just a moment. And that's going to do it for our radio side. If you can join us in the after show, please do so. We're going to have to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Probably marijuana is my guess. We had the conversation at 15 or 30 past the hour, the last hour. And a lot of great comments coming in from the, uh, the YouTubes, the Rumbles, the Odysseys. So if you can join us in the after show, please do so. If not, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. God love you. And remember, Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. God bless you. We'll see you back tomorrow. And in the after show, we'll see you then, too. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
gratia, Cretu creasti pectora, Quidiceris paraclitus, Donum Dei altissimi, Fons vivus ignis caritas, Et spiritalis uncio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. Our brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Bestow on us, we pray, O Lord, the wisdom and strength of the, of the cross, with which you were pleased to endow St. Rita, so that suffering in every tribulation with Christ, we may participate ever more deeply in his paschal mystery, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior of the country and down to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They answered him, We have never heard of that, that there is a Holy Spirit. He said, How were you baptized? They replied, With the baptism of John. Paul then said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether there were about twelve men. He entered the synagogue and for three months debated boldly, with persuasive arguments about the kingdom of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Responsorial Psalm. Sing to God, O kingdom of the earth. Sing, Sing to, to God, God, O kingdoms of the earth. God arises, his enemies are scattered, and those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so are they driven. As wax melts before the fire, Sing, Sing to, to God, God, O kingdoms of the earth. But the just rejoice and exalt before God. They are glad and rejoice. Sing to God, chant praise to his name, whose name is the Lord. 
Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. The fathers of orphans and of and the defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God gives a home to his forsaken. He leads forth prisoners to prosperity. Sing, Sing to God, God, O kingdoms of the earth. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. If then you were raised with Christ, seek what is above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The disciples said to Jesus, Now you are talking plainly and not in any figure of speech. Now we realize that you know everything and that you do not need anyone to have anyone question you. Because of this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you believe now? Behold, the hour is coming, it has arrived, when each of you will be scattered to his own home, and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage, I have conquered the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In that first reading, we hear of Paul traveling to Ephesus, where Previously, Apollos had been, but then he went, off to, he went off to Corinth with Priscilla and Aquila. And we know Apollos was this very eloquent speaker, uh, but he didn't have any, everything quite right. And in fact, Priscilla and Aquila sort of took him aside to kind of teach him more accurately the way. And then he really, he becomes this great preacher in Corinth and then beyond. In fact, some have speculated that maybe Apollos was, is the author of the letter to the Hebrews, because the Greek in the, in the letter of the Hebrews and the exposition of the faith is so is a fair, very clearly done. He was an expert in the scriptures. But of course, because he Apollos didn't have everything quite right, when Paul gets to Corinth, he asks them about were you what baptism did you receive? Well, the baptism of John. We don't even know they, they didn't even know that there was this Holy Spirit. What on earth is this? They had never heard anything about it. Hopefully the confirmandi who are preparing to be confirmed would not answer in the same way. <laughs> we don't even know there is a Holy Spirit. But when Paul baptizes them in the name of Jesus, that is to say with the very baptism with, with which Jesus received, the, and the, Holy, the, Holy, the heavens open, the voice of the Father says, this is my beloved Son, and the Spirit comes down on Jesus like a dove. Something very similar happens when St. Paul lays his hands on them. They receive the Holy Spirit and begin to prophesy, to speak in tongues. So Paul then goes and he enters the synagogue and he speaks, he proclaims boldly about the kingdom of God and about Jesus. That boldness, courage, and fortitude is something that Jesus talks about in the gospel. Uh, I remember our, our founder saying that, you know, Joseph and Mary gave to Jesus that, that virtue, that gift, or taught him how to be courageous, 
how to go through things, uh, to, to persevere in difficult times, and sometimes when to run away, to flee. Sometimes that's a courageous thing to do. But, but courage is that human gift that all of us um, work to, that human virtue that all of us work towards. But fortitude is a divine gift. So he says, while Joseph and Mary gave to Jesus courage, Jesus gave to, gave to Mary and to the apostles the spirit, which is then the gift of fortitude. That is a divine gift whereby we can overcome obstacles in our faith and even overcome the world through this divine action that is within us, the divine grace that is within us, this gift of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, he says, take courage. I have overcome the world. And it's that gift of fortitude which we are asking now in preparing ourselves to receive in a renewed way in Pentecost this coming Sunday, in this interim time before the, after the ascension and before the coming of the Spirit, we're asking the Holy Spirit to come upon us to give us that gift of fortitude. We all have struggles in our faith. And Jesus says, in the world you will have trouble. We know this. But that gift of the Spirit, the gift of the, of the, the Spirit who lives within us, gives us this divine courage, this divine strength to be able to persevere in difficult times, even to, even to undergo a kind of lifelong martyrdom, if that is what the Lord would ask. But it would be, we would do it joyfully. The last thing I think is important to mention is something that Jesus says to his disciples. He says, Behold, the hour is coming and has arrived when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone because the Father is with me. I know, I know many people, and even myself, who have had great consolation from these words. We sometimes feel alone. We sometimes feel that everyone around us maybe has abandoned us or has gone away from us. And Jesus, in this moment, he knows he's going to undergo his passion. And in this moment, he reminds the disciples, says, you're going to be sorry that you left me, but do not be saddened because I am not alone. The Father is with me. And because we are live this life in Christ, we too can say this, we are never alone. Even when we feel like we're alone, even sometimes it seems that God is far away or that everybody else has kind of left us and abandoned us, we are never alone. The Father is always with us. Christ is with us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We have all of the angels and saints around us in the communion of saints. We are never alone. And that thought, that act of faith, and, and knowing that even if we don't feel it, sometimes already we begin to have that strength to be able to persevere in very dark times. Let us ask the Spirit to grant us that gift in a more abundant and profound way, that gift of fortitude, that we may have the strength to bear witness boldly to Jesus, even in times of difficulty and persecution. Amen. Let us stand and bring our petitions before our Heavenly Father. Let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for the Holy Catholic Church, that he may proclaim boldly the resurrection, ascension of Jesus. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for a deeper uh, 
living in, in the Holy Spirit, for all the gifts that the Holy Spirit wishes to give us, especially that gift of fortitude that we may uh, proclaim uh, and be, be great witnesses to Jesus, even in times of persecution and difficulty. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are sick and who are suffering, that they may unite all their sufferings to Christ, we let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Pray too for the intentions we hold in our hearts, the intentions of those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, all for all those who have asked us to pray for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you know the many needs we have in this life. We bring all of our prayers and petitions before you, confident that you hear and answer us through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, we thank thee who has planted thy holy name within our hearts. Knowledge and faith and life immortal, Jesus thy Son to us impart. Thou, Lord, didst make all for thy pleasure, didst give man food for all his days, giving in Christ the bread eternal. Thine is the power, be thine the praise. Watch o'er thy church, O Lord, in mercy. Save it from evil, guard it still. Perfect it in thy love, united. Cleansed and conformed unto thy will. As grain once scattered, on the hillsides was in this broken bread made one. So from all lands thy church be gathered into thy kingdom by thy Son. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May this unblemished sacrifice purify us, O Lord, and impart to our minds the force of grace from on high, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. 
For the Lord Jesus, the King of glory, conqueror of sin and death, ascended to the highest heavens as the angels gazed in wonder. Mediator between God and man, judge of the world and Lord of hosts, he ascended not to distance himself from our lowly state, but that we, his members, might be confident of following where he, our head and founder, has gone before. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exalts in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. You never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. And giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ.
He make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop, the order of bishops all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, <coughs> hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let's offer each other a sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. I will not leave you orphans, says the Lord. 
I will come to you again, and your heart will rejoice. Alleluia. For those unable to receive communion and joining us online, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and as I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. At the Lamb's high feast we sing Praise to our victorious King Who has washed us in the tide Flowing from his wounded side Praise we him whose love divine Gives his sacred blood for wine Gives his body for the feast Christ the victim, Christ the priest. Where the paschal blood is poured, death's dark angel sheathes his sword. His trials host triumphant go through the wave that drowns the foe. Christ the Lamb whose blood was shed Paschal victim, Paschal bread, with sincerity and love, eat we manna from above. Paschal triumph, Paschal joy, only sin can this destroy. From sin's death to those set free, Souls reborn, dear Lord, in Thee. Hymns of glory, hymns of praise, Father, unto You we raise. Risen Lord, for joy we sing, Let our hymns through heaven ring. Let us pray. Graciously be present to your people, we pray, O Lord, and lead those you have imbued with heavenly mysteries to pass from former ways to newness of life through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Regina Jaili, Laetare, Alleluia. Quia quem meruisti portare, Alleluia. Resurrexit, sicutixit, Alleluia. Ora pro nobis Deum, Alleluia. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Shields from St. Dominic Village, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Catholic.